0: Brilliant, we're live. Hello everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited today to be joined by the Royal Air Force. So welcome and thank you all for joining. And Gradcracker has a long history of working with the RAF. I'm actually lucky enough to have worked with them since they joined Gradcracker nearly seven years ago. So today we are joined by Mark. Give us a wave, Mark. Steve, give us a wave. Matt (laughs) and Viv. Hi um, now
1: that was Mark, very Anne Foster's wave, wasn't it? We, we wouldn't like proper waves. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: better. Um, so, <laughs> thanks, Steve. Um, so, Mark, starting with you, please can you give the audience an insight into today's modern day REF?
2: Yeah. Um, so, I think I'll start off with uh, I think a lot of people have these preconceived ideas of the REF, and again, from watching old war films. So, a lot of people think we're, we're kind of still flying Lancasters and we're marching around all the time but we're not we're very much um, a forward-thinking modern air force you just have to look at the aircraft that we're using nowadays um, the new F-35 uh, fast jet the new P-8 Alpha Poseidon and um, so you look at those and you think we've got the cutting edge technology uh, and there's a lot of exciting things going on in the air force as well um, we've got a thing called the Astra Vision which is set to deliver the air force of um, tomorrow, the future air force and within that there's lots of new things going on. Um, For example, we're looking at being the first air force to be be net zero by 2040 so there's a lot of things going on in that element with the infrastructure that we live in and work in and also um, just the other day in the news there was something about uh, the first test flight using synthetic fuels so you know, people think well how can you be net zero when you're flying fast jets around the air, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of work going on to try and, um, you know, bring us forward and bring bring us up to that modern day and represent, be part of the society that we represent.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. That's some fantastic initiatives, isn't it? And what a great time to join the RAF, knowing that this is going to be the future. And that's what, you know, the future of the RAF is looking like. Um, Matt can you tell us a bit about the university air squadron bursary scheme that you currently have advertised on the Grad Cracker Hub?
2: Yeah so, um, so I started with the university air squadrons so not every single university has a air squadron um, per se an individual one they'll probably have one attached to them so I'll, I'll use the East Midlands University Air Squadron there's an example that will probably have Nottingham, Leicester and a few other universities attached to it, um, but these are great opportunities for people at university to go off and join them whilst going through university, um, undertake leadership uh, qualifications and uh, adventure training and undertake opportunities really whilst they're going through university to to as a, as a step really into joining the Air Force if they want to. Um, and as part of that, like you said, there's bursas available. so. Um, within the engineering area, there's engineering bursaries, uh, sponsorship, that's available. Um, you can find this on the RF recruitment website, all details about it. And we are going through a bit of a change at the minute with it, which should provide um, a better sponsorship uh, deal for the students going through. So if if you are looking to go down that route, um, first, second year students really, so th- again, this webinar, not just saying that the third year student looking for a job, it can be your first, second year students. Um, but like I say, RVF recruitment website, plenty of details on there about the finder details. But yeah. And there.
0: obviously on the company hub, Mark.
2: Yes, on the Grad Cracker, yeah, definitely. Um, we're <laughs> yeah, for all the information.
0: And I'm not just saying it because I look after the RAS company hub on Grad Cracker. It's a very extensive company hub. We've got so much information um, within the company hub on Grad Cracker about, you know, right through from what you've said already about, you know, the life and work-life balance right through to these schemes and future opportunities as well. And um, I've even got some videos and pictures on there of m- me and Carla being, yep. uh, coming to see you guys at Cranwell and all this stuff. So yeah, definitely do going to have a good look at that because there's lots of really useful, information um mac just sticking talking about the um bursary scheme can we give the audience a bit of an indication on timelines uh closing dates and even maybe the application process and what to expect there
2: okay yeah so uh timelines for application dates we we don't say applications are open in the summer and the summer only or the winter and winter only we're not like that what we do is we very much look at how many people we have in in the roles how many people are leaving and there's a lot of work done within the air force to set targets for how many people we need to recruit each year so every year we have a target to meet so we are open every year um, it just depends on how well we're doing we're doing quite well in a minute so at the moment the application process is closed um, but if you did want to apply you can go onto the website and do an expression of interest so when you, we do open you'll be the first to know about um opening up uh, timeline, so when you do apply, you'll be, um, all your details will go through to what we call the virtual careers office, they'll make sure that you're eligible, residency, nationality, um, degree criteria met, all that sort of good stuff, and then you'll be handed off to your nearest uh, Armed Forces Careers Office, and then they'll basically manage you f- through the system, and you'll undertake a medical, a fitness test, uh, you'll undertake a one-day selection centre, and um, yeah, undertake the often air crew selection centre at RVF Cranwell, and if that's all well and good, you'll be offered a place. Now, this can take anywhere between I'd say six months to a year, so it's not a quick, fast process. So, like I said, even though it's closed at a minute, if you're in your first year, your second year, and um, when it does come to open, you know there's probably a job there for you at the end. Even if you're in your third year, um, if you want, to, if, if you want to join that expression of interest, we'll let you know when it's uh, available. So. And yeah, that's sort of, in a nutshell, the application process.
1: And something I just
0: want to touch upon there, Mark, is when you say about the fitness test, and sometimes I think that, you know, that could make people feel a bit nervous, you know, and what kind of, you expect them to be some kind of athlete, but we've kind of got all this information within the company hub and we give the the, um, students a good indication of what kind of fitness level you need to be at, but it's not anything too scary, is it?
2: No, you don't have to be an Olympian. Yeah. In the RAF I can guarantee you that <laughs>
3: um
2: it's not it's not as scary in as doors as you can I'd say most of the general public of at a fitness level where they would be able to pass it um yeah and there's lots of like I say information on your on your hub and elsewhere around the uh, RAF recruitment uh, sites where they'll give you information on passing it but um uh, the fitness test would be on the treadmill and press-ups and sit-ups so fairly simple stuff it's not like you you have to go do some arduous um, course kind of thing so yeah
0: yeah so not to panic it's all there maybe just practice practice a few sit-ups before you hit send on the application okay now this is one for all of you and I want to kick things off by a fun fact on why life in the REF is no ordinary job so Mac, I'm just going to stick with you and then we'll work work our way around so if you could give us a fun fact on why life in the REF is no ordinary job
2: uh yes yeah, so my my fun fact i had to think long and hard about it but i'd say we were formed on the first of april 1918 um and so you could say we are the longest running april fool's joke
0: um, <laughs> love so, <yeah>. it <laughs> and
2: then uh, yeah we'll talk about later on about why there's no one no job but I, I have to pick out the sporting opportunities that i've i've taken yes we'll
0: talk about that later Yeah, definitely. We're going to definitely touch upon that a bit later on because there is some absolutely phenomenal opportunities um, once you are part of the RAF to go and do some great stuff that we will hear about. Um, Viv, I'm going to come to you next. Hello, everybody. Uh, So my problem, fact, is out of 19 years that I've
4: been in the RAF, I've moved 17 times and lived in six different countries, everywhere from like the Falkland Islands to Cyprus to even living in Afghan to the USA, which was quite fun.
0: But that sounds quite daunting doesn't it all those different moves uh, but I can imagine the RF has supported you at uh, every step of the way.
4: Yeah definitely uh, so of it was my choice like I put myself forward to go away yeah. uh, to these different places um, but uh, the good thing about it is there is quite a lot of flexibility out there to like make some of those decisions if you want to go away which is quite good. I quite like going away so I'm still quite enjoying
0: it. what a chance to travel the world hence your lovely picture behind you Viv. love it (laughs) and Matt gonna come to you next uh
5: yeah hi uh yeah so my sort of fun fact is I think I'm currently in possession of 10 different uniforms uh which kind of spans the gambit from hot weather cold weather uh, the right the way down to the uniforms that we use for things like doing a Remembrance Day parade uh, and even down to our formal dinners. So I was lucky enough to be at a formal dinner just last Friday. Today I'm in this, so more for office work. Uh, yesterday I was in our green kit working with the Chinooks. Uh, so to say uh, it's very much a kind of good representation of how literally within a few days you can be doing four or five completely different things.
0: Brilliant. Wow, and we were saying you obviously prepare for every occasion.
1: No matter what situation.
5: Clothing-wise, at least, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we need some more options because we've just got these t-shirts. I think I'm thinking Kurt scarves. Well, we used to have our coats then. when Did I was
0: we... out and about in the in my yeah. little backpacker
5: van. Even we, we have the choice of different colours.
1: We don't. Jessica, well, Martin, no, I like, like that. Like yeah. <laughs>
5: I'll
1: come and wait for you, man. Just, Why just not? for a choice yeah. of clothes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and Steve finally but least last but not least
3: yes hi I think uh for, for me is is that one day you could be working alongside your colleagues in a place called RAF Akateri uh perhaps in the um maybe April May kind of things probably around 25 26 degrees uh working at sea level uh nice and nice and warm uh and then that's the daily routine and then in the afternoon you could probably do some recreational activities like go up to the Trudos Mountains, for instance, where it's, it's quite high. Uh, yes. But believe it or not, there's snow up there. So you could actually go up there and do some skiing. So, yeah, yeah, first thing in the morning, do some work, nice hot weather at sea level, then go up to a mountain and do some skiing. What's better than that?
0: What a perfect day. I can't imagine that, but that's really weird to be probably... Mm. Would you wear, are we allowed to wear, like, T-shirts when you're working? Yep. 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 T-shirt.
3: T-shirts yeah, T-shirts. Then... Yeah, you can dress down to a certain extent. It depends perfect. on what you're doing, but yes.
1: Nice. Going to into a fashion pre- parade.
0: Um, so I think we're going to talk about the roles now, aren't we?
1: We are. Yes. Yeah. So I'd like to get to know a bit more about you guys as individuals, and also your roles at the REF. Um, so if you could just introduce yourselves, and I'll go around the room, introduce yourselves, so your position at the REF, and also your roles, if that's okay. And um, Bats, I'm going to start with you.
5: Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm at the rank of flight lieutenant. Uh, my branch is uh, engineer and aerosystems. My current role within the Air Force, I've had a couple, thankfully, uh, but my current role is that of a trials officer and a platform engineering officer. I predominantly work with the Typhoon uh, out of the Air and Space Warfare Centre. Uh, and our job is to run, manage and organise the series of trials for predominantly Typhoon. Uh, to try and set up and optimize and develop our platform protection uh, and by that what I mean is uh, there's lots of adversaries all across the world um, and it's our job to make sure that our aircraft across all of our fleets but predominantly Typhoon are well protected against all of those threats uh, and that all of our trials are run both here and in the US safely, accurately, well recorded uh, and it's uh, it's quite a challenging uh, but a very interesting role and a very varied one for an engineer as well.
1: Yeah. And what types um, of engineering do you do there? Is it, is it So what's your background, for example, are you a mechanical engineer or how did how did you get into the RAF?
5: So my background, uh, I studied up at uh, Strathclyde University doing a, a quite a broad sort of general engineering degree. Uh, back in the day, it was referred to as engineering with enterprise management. So in essence, it was a degree in being an engineer, engineering manager. Uh, and we very much are you know, generalists when it comes to the engineering world. Uh, this is by a country mile the most specialist uh, role I've, I've ever done as an officer, uh, predominantly a lot of our work is working within an engineering environment uh, with other professional engineers, um, so my previous roles um, have been with the Typhoon uh, and have been with the Tornado, both on frontline um, uh, squadrons there, and deploying with the Typhoon as well, a couple of instances. Uh, and we we work with you know so my my very first job for example I was working with 70 engineers who were all working for me on my shift and every single one of them has their own specialization uh, so a, a mix of mechanical electrical and weapons
2: mm-hmm.
5: uh, and every single one of them is is as I always sort of try and say a professional engineer in their own right and working towards various different qualifications as well so yeah difficult question to answer because it's, it's so varied to be honest with you
1: Yeah. And you mentioned you've been deployed with the Typhoon before. So does that give you, have have you travelled abroad? Have you been stationed um, worldwide in worldwide locations?
5: Yeah. Yeah. I've been very lucky. I mean, in the last sort of uh, seven years of my career, I think I've gone to... 12 13 different countries um, operationally um, from cyprus uh, we fly uh from ty- the typhoons fly from cyprus uh and i've deployed to a couple of uh very sort of briefly into a couple of other nearby countries as well uh, and i was lucky enough to spend a significant amount of time out in the Falkland islands as well where the typhoons again operate out of there uh delivering quick reaction alerts uh defending the airspace over the Falkland islands uh, and even in the uk uh, when we're back here uh our key role here is uh defense of the airspace so the northern southern quick reaction alert fighters uh that protect the uk airspace 24 7 as well
1: and how long have you been in the area Matt?
5: uh seven coming up eight years i think it is now. seven eight years and uh, was it
1: was it was it always a dream
5: yeah yeah the the military was always a dream uh my my dad was uh was air force as well um and uh i looked around various different options and i, I spent a lot of time and uh, i actually so personally, I didn't do the University Air Squadron. I actually did the Officer Training Corps, which is the Army's equivalent. Um, but even after looking at that, very, very hard uh, and spending a lot of time working with the Army as well. Uh, definitively, the Air Force is the, the better career, I think, in the long run. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are still in the Army, uh, one of which is now stationed alongside me here, actually, which is quite oh, nice. Really? Yeah. Um, and she's on the brink of uh, converting over, I'm sure of it. I can convince <laughs> her. I just need one, more, one or two more days with her.
1: Going over to the dark side. <laughs> on the, the light, light side. side. The light side, as we like <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. Especially if
5: you're coming from if you come from the navy, it's like dark blue to light blue. If <laughs> you come from the the army, it's green to blue. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, blue's your favourite colour. Thank you very much, Matt. That's brilliant insight. And sure. um, Viv, I'm going to move on to you now. So, yeah, your your story so far at the RAF. What have you been up to, um, and what's your current role? Hey, uh,
4: so I've been in 19 years and uh, I originally started off with what we call Gentech uh, Ground Support Equipment. So this is working on equipment that supports all the aircraft and the vehicles as well. Um, I had various different roles around the Air Force, working up in Scotland and Lucas for six years. Then Marham, supporting the typhoons, uh, sorry, the tornadoes down there for they went to typhoons. Um, and then to support the helicopters when I moved down to uh, RAF Benson. Um, At my 11-year point into the Air Force, I decided to actually change roles. So I came out of being a mechanic to go into RAF recruitment, where I was uh, based down in Avco Bournemouth for three years, which was great working at the beach. Absolutely (laughs) great (laughs) role. Absolutely loved it there. Um, After my three years, I kind of decided I didn't want to go back to trade. I wanted to transition over to more... um, more of a kind of wider option of engineering role. So they uh, undertook what's called the basic entry scheme. And studied a foundation degree to become an aerosystems engineer. So I'm sorry, that's a fire alarm just going off. (laughs) Perfect timing, as always. Um... All right. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, So I'm quite relatively new into the role. So I only just uh, passed my training this year, finally, after about three Mm -hmm. years going through the the process in in total. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, COVID uh, stopped some of my training for a little bit. Uh, But now my role currently, um, I work at Air Command down at RAF High Wycombe, which is just outside of London, and I'm in what's called a staff role. So it's not a, it's a non-engineering role. However, I still have quite a lot to do with the RAF engineering side of things. So my role is to support the engineer profession team uh, within uh, comms and engagement. So I deal with uh, our local issued uh, bulletin, our website pages, um, and I deal with pretty much quite a lot of people asking me for uh, the funds that I own. So um, I hold what's called uh, an engineer retain and invest fund. So people can ask me for money to improve uh, things such as their tea bars uh, if they want uh, games to facilitate for people, which is, is quite good. It's quite important for everybody. Uh, and also we pay for certain uh, educational courses as well. So project management courses, which is quite good. Um, I cater to over roughly 10,000 engineers. Oh, okay. so also that's engineering and cyberspace as well uh, it hasn't quite split down yet so I've still got quite a lot of people to um to keep hold of which is right. quite good but yeah generally the role is quite busy i not gonna lie very busy at the moment uh, yeah. but it's good uh the good thing about my role is because I'm at air command I have quite a lot of uh, sight of what's happening kind of on the inside um level strategic side of things which as a, a junior I never really get um Never
1: got anywhere near that especially going through the ranks so it's it's quite interesting wow your real. sounds very better in your career so far a bit <laughs> so just going, going back then to the foundation course that and um, the RAF obviously helped, helped put you through as well and also mm-hmm. the all the different um, departments that you've worked in all of your different positions is that very much led by you you know what you want to do and how you want to progress yourself or are you kind of cajoled a little bit with the RAF and and their requirements as well?
4: Yeah, so um, moving to different locations, um, two of them definitely weren't my choice. One was through promotion um, and I didn't get kind of a choice of where to go. However, um, I was still working with like the same structure. So so I was at Luca's working with the Tornadoes and then I got posted to Mara with my corporal tapes. Uh, and that's obviously just transitioned basically from one camp to another, but still working on the, this, the same equipment, which was quite good. It was quite an easy transition. Um, Other times also I've moved on to uh, the helicopter kind of ground equipment, which was, uh, which was really good. Um,
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Viv. Um, And Steve, I'm going to come on to you now. So same kind of question. Has it always been your dream to join the RAF and your your journey so far and and where you're at now?
3: Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) don't
1: say say in your hallway.
3: (laughs) There is that as well. <laughs> in the cat as well. I Just heard a big thump, and the cat jumped down uh, from the step <laughs> uh, just in time. Um, yeah, but my current role is within cyberspace. Um, uh, so I've been in for nearly nearly 30 years now. But I came up through the ranks. I got to, to warrant officer, and then moved across to being an officer. Uh, so I'm um, currently a communications electronics engineer as as a sub branch now, because we recently changed the profession to cyberspace. So everything encapsulated in cyberspace. So um, currently my role is with Chinooks, but looking at the actual staff officer side of things. So but I'm still very much within the engineering world. So still looking at networks, uh, mission support systems. Uh, and data and and, and data networks as well radar etc etc everything that goes with that Um, so with this particular role I'm supposed to be sustaining the actual Chinooks that we have at the moment as well as bringing in a new new variant so it's first and foremost sustainment and then uh, seeing in a new variant of uh, Chinook in in a few years time I'm currently with Army HQ so yes um, I'm RAF through and through for all, the, for all those years and I wear the uniform but I actually work for Army HQ themselves. I'm not actually based at an, uh, an Army unit, um, I'm actually based at RAF Odium which is within Hampshire and I'm currently living uh, just south of Reading at the moment.
1: So what does that actually mean then? So you, you, you work for the RAF but you're not employed by them?
3: Uh yeah, so um, I'm embedded, I suppose, within Army HQ. So that, that happens quite often. So I've worked for quite a few um, HQs. I've worked for um, uh, Royal Air Force HQ, that's uh, High Wycombe, uh, PGHQ, which is Permanent Joint Headquarters, which is all joint personnel, so all, all flavours of the Army, the Royal Air Force and the Navy, and Marines, Royal Marines, can't forget them. Uh, that's the Northwood as well, So, but now currently with the Army HQ, but not working at their HQ in Andover, just working on RAF Odium. But um, with their, it's called, actually called, called Combat Aviation. That's recently changed as well. It used to be called Air Maneuver. So within the Army, there is actually an Air Maneuver, or used to be an Air Maneuver arm, which, which they fly. So uh, the, the, um, the Army, they fly rotary aircraft as yeah. well as the Royal Air Force, you see. And that's where the, the two actually meet.
1: Okay. And, and what do you mean by a new vari- am I a new variation of the Chinook? Then, what what's new?
3: Uh, it's just—it's just an upgrade. <laughs> what I can say is just an upgrade to what we have.
1: Yeah. The Perfect. I'm yeah. moving on before I get into trouble.
0: Carla, just before you do, um, Mark, I do apologise, and I apologise to everyone else. I don't feel like I officially gave you space to introduce your was, role yeah. on, in you part of the recruitment
1: team. So I really do apologise. I kind of just jumped straight into it. Okay, I
2: can talk
1: about that next. It's, it's nice. he, he was You were on my list, Mark, so oh, I was yeah. just looking at your little face, I was like, I don't think I've spoken to you yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, tell us all about your career so far.
2: Okay, yeah, so... Um... I'll be honest, I I wasn't really looking at the RAF. It wasn't a dream of mine. Um, I joined up during the last recession in 2009. There weren't any jobs really around. Um, I went down the same route as Viv, so I joined up as an apprentice because I messed up my A levels, if I'm honest, so I couldn't go to university. Um, And the RAF provided me that opportunity, it provided that training, it was free, it was fantastic training. Um, So I went down that route and I joined up as an aircraft technician, mechanical, Um, I got uh, completed my apprenticeship and I went on to squadrons I went on to Harrier squadron which was the Harrier junk jet at the time and that got retired in 2010 Uh, then I went on to the tornado fleet working on squadron there Um, and then after that I went from working with aircraft to working with aircraft components so I went down to Marham and I was um, servicing the aircraft components at of the tornado fleet and as part of that I was working alongside BAE systems which we do a lot of we do work with the industry a lot um, and then I got to a point where I was a bit a, at a bit of a crossroads and I went down the same route as Viv so I went to an internal commissioning scheme where the RVF and um, funded a foundation degree so that I could commission um, so I so I undertook that route and when I uh, graduated I went and worked on the glider fleet so, we've got a glider fleet where we, we do stuff with the RAF cadets. Um, and I was working in an organization called Continuum Air Weatherless Management Organization. Um, and from there, I then moved on to the ty- Typhoon Fleet in a similar role to what Matt was saying. So, it was kind of a support role. I was ensuring that any new modifications to the fleet was all um, above board and all supported through life. So, it's, it was kind of weird going from the slowest aircraft without an engine to one that can yeah. travel at the speed of sound. So it's all all the training, you know, provides you with that capability, the skills to be able to move from role to role like that. Um and then since then I've been in this team, a staff role, which I head up the engineer and specialist recruitment team. I liaise with Viv a lot um with her team to understand what's going on in the engineering world. And then I also work with people like yourselves, Crack, and other partnerships to try and inspire the next generation of um, people to come and join the air force come and join us in these sort of roles i've been here now we'll come up to a year um so i've been in the air force for i like, say 12 years i've gone from messing up my a levels and not being able to go to university to having a full degree now all provided by the rf um on the top project management qualifications um, i went from couple of MBQ level threes to yeah now full level six um all paid for by uh, people such as viv and her team um so yeah and here i am now uh in this staff and at some point i will move on and go and do some proper engineering again
1: so when will that be then um max so you've been Benjamin, you've been in this staff role for a year is it generally three years that you stay in a position and then you move on is that is that correct or
2: yeah, it can vary. So some yeah. roles might be a bit a bit shorter. The mm-hmm. more um, the roles that people are a bit more popular with. Um, so you could say two to three years. Uh, it depends on what you want. So we have a career manager that we get to speak to and get to kind of plan out our our route. So um, I've got I've got a young family, so I kind of go for location a bit more. Luckily, I live in Nottingham, and there's a fair few bases in the East Midlands that I can move around and move around roles but you know if people do want to go a bit like they want to go around scotland or cyprus or america or that there's all that sort of option so um i know that i i should be moving in the summer of 23 but i can probably bring that forward a bit extend it a bit it all all depends they they do take into account your your personal circumstances but they also look at your professional development and make suggestions of where you should be going next really
0: yeah I just want to reiterate that point, though, and I think sometimes I worry that misconception again with the RAF and military life that, you know, you can, you know, go into the military, maybe not having a family, you know, just having to worry about yourself and travel around the world. And then, you know, you can still stay within the military, have a family, have a role, which maybe is more staying in one location and still pursue a fantastic career and I think sometimes there is that bit of misconception isn't there am I going to be traveling around the world am I going to have to do that with the family in the future but you don't and um, this is perfect time to kind of iron those misconceptions out isn't it really mm-hmm. and make it clear that you it's not yeah know
2: some people who love traveling um one one guy on my course uh we finished our training and he went down to the Falklands for he actually extended his time to the Falklands to a year and he took his family down and they loved it. His little girls yeah. were really excited because she was going to get a penguin on her school uniform. <laughs> oh. Whereas, um, you know, other people like to stay close to home. So you can re accommodate for everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think good point, Jess. I think that's what we want to move on to next about uh, the misconceptions about, about having being able to have a home life as well as um, work in the military. And I just want to go around um, the room again and just see what your experiences are. I know, Matt, you mentioned before that you're in a mess at the moment. Um, an officer's mess not a mess and um, so what what's what's your journey been like you know do you have a family how have you managed um working for the RAF and having a home life as well uh
5: yeah so uh thankfully my mess room is nice and clean uh it is. which is which is something yes yeah I've yeah, inspected please, your background <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yeah just got gizzets and various different toiletries and all that <laughs> kind of stuff on there um so i mean definitively yeah the, the air force is very very alive and very very aware of the fact that um i, I would best describe it as it's two sides of, of a coin really and we try and balance those two um so in my time I, i've spent quite a decent chunk of time away um but nowhere near as much as some people that i've worked with and worked for uh, so from from a manager's side uh, it's my responsibility to those uh, that i manage to ensure that we balance that as best we can. Uh, and we use a variety of different tools to sort of do that. And we try and make sure that uh, we have a requirement to deploy a certain number of people uh, in, in, for various different operations around the world. Uh, and that is a commitment that we will always maintain. And that, that operational focus is something that, that I personally really love. Uh, and it's something that is exceptionally important to I think everyone in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. but. Uh, We must recognize that these are people that we're sending. And for every single person that we send, there's quite likely to be a partner, a mom, a dad, you know, dependents as well. Um, So the Air Force is very much alive to that. Personally, uh, I don't have an immediate family. Uh, My parents, my brother are up uh, in Scotland, actually. Um, So I've been able to be a bit more flexible with my work life balance at the moment. Uh, And the hope is that in the future, the Air Force will repay me slightly for that as well. Yeah, Um, I've had to work some very long days um, and those long days stretch into long weeks and in some cases long months as well. And that can be a really testing uh, mentally and physical time uh, for you and for whatever kind of support package you have. But uh, the other side of that coin will eventually show itself and the Air Force will give you things uh, like post operational deployment leave. So as an example, I was away uh, permanently deployed for around about 14, 15 months in one go. Um, But um, I was able to come back to the UK with all my flights, et cetera, for two, three, three, two week blocks, I think, during that time. Uh, And then at the end of it, I got three months. And uh, my career manager said, yes, Matt, you've you've been away for a little while now. Um, Have three months off. Uh, And that's a pretty rare thing. I mean, that's bordering on sort of sabbatical kind of lengths, a Mm. short one, but nevertheless. Um, And likewise, when we're not in very operationally focused roles, uh, like the one I'm in at the moment, although I'm focused on it, I'm not being deployed. You know, we can try and take advantage of, you know, lots of sports, lots of what we call force development. Uh, You can go away for a week at a time. You can do lots of courses. Um, So, yeah, it's, I, I definitely wouldn't say to anyone don't think you'll never, you will know, never be asked to give something. Yeah. But, uh, certainly, I know it's my responsibility as a manager and likewise the Air Force's general responsibility to make sure that we give back to you as much as we ask.
1: Yeah, I think especially as well, Matt, with the younger ones who might be thinking of joining the REF, you know, our audience out there, undergraduates, graduates who are thinking of their future. When you don't have um, maybe any dependents or any you know immediate ties, there's a the time to really expand your knowledge, go and travel and, and do everything that you possibly can do. Um, uh, Steve, have you had a similar situation there with your work-life balance um, at the RAF?
3: Uh, I suppose over the years yeah it's it's been ups and downs, and you take the good and you take take some of the bad really i kind of, I say the bad, but it's not really bad it's just it's just by way of the job, really, so I knew what I was getting into when I joined up, but when i I joined, I joined specifically to one get away from where I was living, the county that I was living in, I live in Gloucestershire, it's a nice county, however, I just wanted to get away, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to see the world, basically, and, and I've, I've managed to do that over the years, so currently, life balance, and actually, throughout my career, life balance has been okay, uh, okay. It's, been, it's been all right. Um, uh, currently now, I'm, I'm home every night, for instance, uh, whereas some roles, I haven't been home every yeah. night, I've been deploying, I've literally been living out of a suitcase or or a a small bag, to to be fair. So I'd pack my bag, say Sunday night, uh, and then I'd go away. The thing we call it uh, the weekend warrior, where actually you would work away during the week and then you would come home during the weekend if you were were very lucky. But now at the moment, yeah, working, this is probably a three-year post for me, so I could be virtually home every night there will be occasions where I'll be required to just go on on certain visits to to certain countries just by way of the program that I'm on with the with the helicopters which which is fine uh, so if you know that you can actually plan plan your life Gosh,
1: you can yeah
3: uh, you know so I have a family as well so I have three children but the, those three children are now in in university the the, the youngest my son has just got into university as well so uh they're, they're okay from that point of view. So I don't have to worry too much about them. So I'm still at that career. I'm probably at the latter part of my career now. However, I still feel as though I, I still want to move around quite frequently. So yeah. I have no qualms whatsoever with just having, a say, a two-year posting, for instance. So I'm on a posting now. I've been in that post for, for nearly a year. I'm quite happy to do another year and then move on. Some people in my if, if, to, if the roles were flipped they'd probably w- only probably want to do uh, three or four years to add some continuity um, so we do have a thing called the new employment model now which is, is it's actually built for that so it gives service personnel some kind of continuity within a specific post so three to five years for instance uh, but you could still move uh, sooner or later than that if you know if 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 so be it it's all dependent on um, the, you know what, what the Royal Air Force uh, needs of you. So yeah, my my, my postings can vary in length. Um, I'm not due one for some time now, like I mentioned, and uh, so I can actually plan.
1: I'm going to have to say, Steve, I cannot believe that you've been in, in the forces for thirty years, and the fact that you've got children at university, you just do not look old enough. <laughs> you look, it's, look it's, like you're in. It. <laughs>
3: I've I've, sw- I've moved from baby lotion onto a Vino. <laughs> it's really good stuff,
1: actually. Oatmeal based. It's it's really good. Oh, I really need to try that. Um, <laughs> you're putting me to shame. Um, what we're going to do now is move on to Mac and um, just talk about the educational opportunities which are open to people at the REF. So I know Viv, you touched on um, your opportunity with your degree and everything else, and Mac something quite similar. Um, from just for students joining the REF, what would you say would be the key? Um, opportunities that will be open to them with the training and development?
2: Yes, yeah, so um, what, what we'll do is we'll put you through um, every single officer would go through phase one training and you get your uh, a level five leadership qualification at the end of that um, and then you get put through um, phase two training which will teach you all about how to do the job and, and then after that it just lays the foundations really and after that there's so many uh, more opportunities so um like i said i did a foundation degree but then i went and topped it up um it only cost me 800 pounds because of some of the benefits within the raf um you know the financial benefits that we've got i'll pay for that it was only afterwards that i realized i paid the money that i knew Fibs team would pay for that extra <laughs> pounds so but it's okay i can't complain really um but then like i mentioned earlier uh apm pmq the project management uh, qualification i've done that i've done um, a structural integrity course and there's just so many out there um, but if you don't if you, you can always take that move away from engineering and go and do adventure training courses which will give you qualifications as well so you can yeah. go out and do those extracurricular activities and um, all I'd say is it's probably too much to talk about and there's no yeah. when you're in and you want you've kind of got that set career path in your head you can start exploring the different opportunities um, I know Viv's old boss he's just gone off um, to do a degree um, and a lady who I went through training with she um, went off to York for a year um, whilst being paid by the RAF to do a, a master's degree so those opportunities so many out there so so bear with that it's hard to really talk about it in, yeah. in just one, one answer.
1: Well, I think as well, just by just by listening to all of your experiences and how you've developed and been trained during your time at the RAF just kind of just says it all, doesn't it? But I'm, I'm conscious that. Um, so thanks, everybody, for, for your introductions. I do really want to go on to just about the, the sporting activities and everything else. Absolutely. So should we should we go to there next?
0: Yes, let's. So, again, when students look at the company hub on Gradcracker, they'll start to see, you know, about the sporting events that you guys offer, the social events and all the great stuff that you do. Um, So should we kind of go around the room again and let's tell us all about the experience you've had? So, uh, Mark, I'll come to you again, if that's okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm trying to think where to start. Really, um, <laughs> no,
0: there's so much.
2: Yeah, when I when I joined, I was really just playing football, really. Um, but then I started doing everything else, um, and then since I just try and pick out the big highlights, really. So I've been mountain biking across Scotland twice. Um, absolutely fantastic opportunity. I jumped out back of a plane. Uh, I'm not going to do that again. I was. I did have a time to, But again, the is there if you want to do it and, and stuff like that. Um, I've been Nordic skiing in Germany, um, I've, I've been to Malta and Man so I've organised all that by myself so if you know, even most places, most bases will have clubs of sporting clubs so you'll be able to go along, join up um, and if there's a club or an opportunity then you can just organise it yourself. We, okay. Every place has a, a gym and staff within the gym, we call them PTIs, physical train instructors and they'll be able to help you organise events like that. Um, I've recently got into triathlon we have a triathlon club within the RAF we all support each other we go off and do the, the, the championships all together we have training camps abroad we have awards dinners um, which, which is absolutely fantastic really so and yeah. we get it's not time off we have time for sport so <laughs> you know you work in your working day you can have you can go off one Wednesday afternoon and go do cross-country league against other stations or it might be two weeks going away playing in the football tournament or training camp, something like that. Um, so, you know, the opportunities are definitely there.
0: Well, I've got evidence of this, Mark, because so many times I've spoken you or Ian, and say, oh, you know, I'm back to back this afternoon, I've got so much on, and then Ian will say to me, oh, well, I've got a volleyball tournament this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do this and I'll do that. I'm like, sounds like so that, you have a great time.
2: That tournament, we have a thing called CO's Cup, um, which is the station commander. So Ian went off and played in that. We played play each, all the other different uh, sections on station. Um, so we well, we had volleyball, quiz, swimming. Um, yeah, so stuff like stuff like that is going on all the time. So we, all we the time. compete on station, and then we go compete compete against other stations, and then we'll even go and compete against the army, navy, and uh, higher.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so for all the audience listening, if this is kind of your bag, going on an adventure, getting paid to do it, um, and have, yeah, having lots of fun, then absolutely.
2: Yeah, we have a, a sports lottery as well, so you can pay in a bit of money each month, and you've got the opportunity to win um, ten thousand pounds each month. Um, and if you're part of that, you can actually claim money back for sports and equipment. So I got two hundred pounds this year to spend on cycling kit to help me with my, my triathlon. So brilliant great
0: opportunities like that. Really good. Yeah. Viv, I'm going to come to you about, have you done any social events or sporting events that you want to talk to tell us about?
4: Uh, Yeah, so when I first started the RAF, funny enough, I did Nordic skiing. So it's uh, called cross country skiing as well for about three years. Uh, which was quite good fun, hard work, very, very hard work, but it was good. Uh, then I transitioned to snowboarding uh, and then that was it. Once I uh, switched over, I was never going back. Uh, so I did that for roughly about six years. Um, I still snowboard now, but not any nothing to do with the RAF, unfortunately, because I've missed out uh, through training opportunities. Um, I've also played hockey locally with the uh, each camps. Uh, at the moment, I'm currently playing football. Uh, which is quite good. We've got a, a football team that plays every Thursday for the girls, which is really nice for a change. Um, when I was younger, there was never any girls' team; You had to go uh, out and away. But now uh, on camp, there's a local one, which is quite good for
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You could end up doing something you'd never even expect to do, like Nordic skiing. Or... About <laughs> uh, nothing,
1: yeah. Trying new stuff, isn't it? Trying new things. And you've got so many opportunities there, whether it's, you know, your sports activities or your job and everything else. There's, yeah, it's no ordinary life, is it?
0: It's not. Uh, Steve, Matt, does anyone want, want to add to that? Any of, any of your experiences? Whoever can
3: go. Do I go, Matt? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I've done quite a few things over the years. Uh, there's lots of adventurous training um, available, as probably mentioned, you know, mountain biking, canoeing, et cetera. So I've done a few of those. Uh, the early days when I joined, I was bobsleighing as well for the RAF, which is really, really good stuff. Um, I, before I joined, I was, started boxing and then I joined up and I, I eventually got back into boxing. So I'm a mm-hmm. boxing referee, boxing coach. Uh, then got into athletics. I'm an athletics official as well. So I did a bit of athletics as well, a bit of sprinting, which complemented the bobsleigh and then com- com- uh, complemented the boxing as well. Uh, to football, I'm a football referee as well. But we don't do that so too much anyway. You get too much abuse, quite frankly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but I always called it. I just wanted to get the trilogy of officiating. So I did it. I got all three of them um amateur dramatics i love amateur dramatics i love to be on stage so i to do that as well so everywhere i go i'm just trying to be on stage i'm just trying to make myself famous quite frankly <laughs> so doing this is actually pretty good um, this is the place to uh, be Steve,
0: if uh, now, Yeah.
3: i'm available for panto as well <laughs> um, tennis as well been i've been into tennis um you know um, as Mark mentioned about, you know, starting up a club if there isn't one. So I really liked tennis, but there wasn't a tennis club where I was. I was at RAF Digby at the time, so I just started one, you know, just with a, about £50, £100, and just got a few people down every week just playing tennis. It was really great. Uh, allotments is something I started in 2009 at RAF Halton. I don't I started the first one there. I just wanted to start start um, growing cabbages and stuff like that, really. So I started there, and the intentions were to go to – a camp and then start one at every camp but things things just didn't work out that way it wasn't as easy as it as it as it could be but I'm actually in charge of one now at RAF Odium so I'm 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 back in the throes of that.
1: We need to to have a chat then Steve so what are you growing because I I grow all my own fruit and veg so what, what are you growing at the moment?
3: Pineapples, mangoes. No, no, there's, there's um, potatoes. <laughs> the, all, the, all the normal stuff <laughs> at the
1: moment. Yeah, Matt, a, what? <laughs> you can sell like that Jess and Matt don't grow them in a really? Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. really?
3: Really?
1: Potatoes and carrots.
0: <laughs> Do you know what though? Look, I'm, I actually had a carrot for my lunch. half oh. eaten carrot. How rank is you that? Go, look at that.
3: Fibre. That's one of <laughs> fibre day. It
0: I'm trying to be healthy. That <laughs> not in a smoothie, but I didn't finish it. I was too nervous about speaking to you lot <laughs> um Matt did you I know you were sorry I left that question a bit open did you want to add to the sports
5: well everyone sort of mentioned about the sports so sort of, that's been very well covered off uh, and I've done my fair share which is which has been cracking but I mean certainly from a, a more of a kind of social side hmm. uh it's it's been absolutely amazing you know I've Thoroughly enjoy my, my sort of career to date from the social aspect. Uh, I, I live in the mess, uh, as I sort of mentioned before. And effectively, that is like on-camp accommodation uh, that the Air Force provides for you. I mean, you can see it behind me. It's, it's quite, I'm very, very lucky. I'm in a really good standard room, uh, which is wonderful. And as well as that, we have a wonderful sort of social uh, context to it. Uh, and recently, for example, I've just handed over being the entertainment's coordinator for um, the officer's mess, Uh, So just for the Commissioned Officers specifically uh, here at RAF Waddington, uh, where I'm based, um, and we would organise... Uh, on during non-COVID times, uh, three events a month. Uh, And that would be we'd have a family's event, so a family's happy hour where we get all the kind of people who live on camp with children into the mess. We put uh, an entertainer on, have some food. Uh, Everyone just kind of gets to have a chat and a bit of a uh, decompress. We'd have a formal event once a month. Uh, So we had one just uh, the other week, actually, on Friday. So that's when I get to pick out one of my many uniforms and (laughs) put that on. Uh, One of my favorite ones are what we call our number five uniform. And it's a very formal dinner. It's a three course, um, sometimes silver service as well. Uh, with with port toasts to the Queen, uh, arrival gin and tonics, you know, and it's a fantastic sort of thing. And there are frequently frequently history attached to these. So we celebrate Battle of Britain here at Waddington. We celebrate uh, Black Buck, uh, which were the raids in the Falkland Islands uh, back in eighty two. So we remember our history through these formal events. And then we have our informal events. Um, so during COVID, we kept these going, uh, and I pushed forward a couple of these events. Uh, these were all obviously on. Online virtual events, but we had uh, whiskey tasting, we had beer tasting, champagne tasting as well, uh, all done during COVID. So the social aspect of what we do is is really important to us uh, because you you don't you're not just joining a company, you're joining the Air Force, you're joining uh, you know a society, you're joining a fraternity, if you will, uh, and we make sure that we give you every opportunity. Uh, to go forward be it the healthy social uh, the healthy sporting things or the mm, social so healthy uh, social side but they both nourish very different parts of you so that's absolutely fine I'm
1: going to Great. use that one having a glass of gin every, every night just nourishes some part of me
5: there you go yes yeah, as important
1: <laughs> it is yeah um, futures yes I want to know more about your futures time? what is the plan mm. um Viv what's the next couple of years looking like for you
4: Oh, um. so I've got roughly about 10 years left in the service, um, so quite a lot to plan. Um, yeah. However, I've got kind of like one aim that i really like to go for in my career, uh, and that's going to work over in Germany with a company called NETMA. So I don't know if you know, but NETMA are kind of um, uh, the people that kind of run the typhoon element side of things, um, having worked uh, in the DT, so sorry, the uh, delivery team over at Abbeywood for nine months when I was on my hold, I kind of got to work with these new people and I found out there's a couple of jobs over there going. So I'd like to kind of go up there for two years. Uh, but other than that, I kind of, at the moment, because I'm still quite new into the uh, the officer side of things, it's just so much choice to kind of look at. So uh, my main element is to kind of get through this job and then get, get finally back into an engineering role and then uh, kind of start working my way up to hopefully my job choice for the future.
1: So if you, did, if you did get the opportunity to go to Germany, then what sort of thing will you be doing over there? Would that allow uh, you to go into the engineering side of things that you just mentioned?
4: Uh, so uh, it's, it's kind of like building on the engineering side of it, but you're more kind of like a, a liaison officer side out there. Um, it's the easiest way to explain it. Um, so I did quite a lot of liaison when I was in the delivery team. So I was on the, um, the the propulsion team, so in other words, the aircraft engines. So I spoke to quite a few people out there, which was quite interesting. It sounds quite good out there. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know, for the future. But no, there's quite a, um, there's quite a lot of opportunity. In fact, there's one of those ones, it's um, there are loads of jobs in different elements, different areas working with different platforms of aircraft. Um, and obviously when I come to the end, so I've got roughly about another year left in this job before I can start actually looking at my next job. Um, and I've been told to kind of just keep your eyes open and kind of look. Um, but the way it is for me is um, I plan to do my 10 like ten years or maybe just slightly less to then come out of service because I've done quite a lot of timing already. However, I'm looking more at what can I do for the Air Force, but what can the Air Force actually do for me as well? You know, what areas of expertise or uh, like experience can I gain from the Air Force but to then kind of move on into my future role? Because uh, unfortunately, the Air Force isn't forever. I'm not getting any younger either. <laughs> so and also uh, for my side of things is that I'd like to have a little bit more stability in the future when I when I uh, when I come out. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at.
1: I'm just, um, just thinking because you, you have worked you know, around the world does the RAFM um, help train in different languages as well so if you wanted to learn German to be able to go and you know work in Germany does it does it help with that sort of thing?
4: Yeah there is uh, funnily enough one of my friends she's not engineering she's um, in the administration side of the air force um, but she's just done a three-year tour out in Thailand um, they sent her sent her to our uh, to MAD Shriverum for a year to go and learn The language to then be posted out there, so there is opportunities. um I know for a fact when I if I apply for this
1: job, I'm going to have to take a test, but hopefully Touchwood. Too bad. Yeah, Touchwood. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much, Viv. um Steve, I'm going to come to you. Future plans, ambitions, what Uh, you're excited about.
3: Yeah. Well, quite. I still I still love the, the Royal Air Force. Like I said, I'm at the latter part of my career, but I've still got good 10 years to go so I think really um hopefully I'll move well I know I'll probably move next summer uh, again so I'm I'm quite happy to do that and hopefully to an overseas location maybe Belgium uh, which is probably on the cards which which was really good but also I'll try to build on a lot of the the things that I've already done over the years um, a few educational more educational qualifications I suppose um i big into mental health. Um, I started off a mental health group of my, my previous um, tour in PGHQ. I'm into mentoring now. Uh, very recently, uh, some more social welfare courses, things like that. I'm a Samaritan as well, so it's it's ca- probably carrying on things like that. Yeah.
5: Um,
3: uh, uh, but which I, which I also do outside of the Royal Air Force, and I can do within the Royal Air Force mm-hmm. as well.
1: Oh, that must be enormously satisfying, though, if you can be a mentor and the new ones or you know other ones who have just started at the REF that you can help um, along yeah. their journey. Um, yeah, I think it's
3: a two it's a two way process as well. I learn a lot from the people that are, are just joining, so actually it's almost yeah. reverse mentoring. So it's it's really interesting.
1: Yeah. We hear a lot about that, you know, Steve, about reverse mentoring, because I think people, not necessarily you, but people in a business who've been there so long can get a little bit stuck in their ways and they can't see, you know, the ways that the younger ones are thinking. So I think it is good to have that reverse mentorship um, programs as well. Matt, do you want to tell us about your future? Have you got anything else that you wanted to add?
5: uh yeah so for myself uh my intention is to try and make uh, a full long-term career uh you know like a lot of people uh, it, it's not for everyone plenty of people come in do their time uh, do all the interesting jobs uh like i've been lucky enough to do uh, and then then often and, uh, and go somewhere else for me though um I'm due posting just uh, early next year. So I'll be having a conversation in the next couple of weeks time with my, our desk officer when, uh, when she becomes available uh, about where I may be able to go. Uh, and I'll hopefully, so my role at the moment is quite specialist in the electronic warfare Uh, sort of area Um, I'll probably return to the engineering fold uh, and try and take on some of the jobs that have already been described so delivery team type role or continuing airworthiness type roles uh, and uh, re-embed myself uh, back with my my fellow sort of engineers which I'm quite looking forward to Um, future career um, I'd love to be able to get back to Typhoon if I could Uh, my next opportunity to do that realistically would be um, as so I've done a role as a junior engineering officer Uh, And in fact, we go back and do the senior uh, engineering officer role. Um, That would be a a phenomenal sort of career highlight, I think, for me, you know, to be able to lead uh, not just junior officers, but uh, every engineer. So you're talking on a typhoon squadron, maybe 160, 170 engineers. Uh, 14, 15 different uh, Typhoon fast jets as well. Uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. And hopefully that will also take me to new operational environments as well. Uh, so deployments, uh, possibly Typhoon is very lucky. It goes out to the Baltics. It goes out to the uh, Icelandic region as well uh, in recent years. So yeah, fingers crossed. I'll continue to enjoy each job uh, as much as I have done at the moment uh, and uh, continue to have a, a career that's as rewarding as I've had already.
1: Absolutely. Quick question on that, Matt. So you just mentioned about um, going back into a more senior role within engineering. Mm. Is it not a worry that technology and engineering evolves so quickly that from you maybe not being focused on engineering at at the moment that things you'll have a lot to learn when you come back as a senior engineer? How do you get trained up on what you've missed over a couple of years?
5: So there's a couple of sort of different ways that we try and do it. Um, one of the ways that the Air Force has massively embraced recently is um, through kind of adopting the incorporated and chartered engineering schemes more into what we do. So uh, I'm currently an incorporated engineer um, and that's a requirement for the senior engineering role. The job above that uh, requirement is uh chartership and with that comes a commitment to do continual career, uh, career development and career progression training courses so um prior to any job we normally do what's referred to as pre-deployment or, or pre-position uh training uh, where we'll go back into um some sort of training facility, possibly not Cosford. Um, so in preparation for my previous roles, I've been to RAF Marham to do what we call the manager's course and Tornado, RAF Coningsby to do the Typhoon one, and I was posted up to RAF Lossy Mouth uh, to take on both those jobs. So we'll always sort of continually train our, our personnel as we go. Um, even though I'm in a non-engineering role at the moment, I've been back and I've topped up some of my engineering courses um, and uh, yeah, some of it's down to you, uh, but the air force will definitely make sure that you're, you're in a very, very good place before you take on because effectively what they don't want you to do is to get into a very demanding role, not have the tool set to be able to do that job. And then you're of no use to anyone. Uh, So thankfully the air force is very good at recognizing good training, good preparation uh, is, uh, is the best way to make sure that you succeed
0: that's yeah. great and I'm glad you talked about that matt because uh mark i wanted to touch upon it slightly about the opportunity that you offer for um people to become chartered and become chartered engineers and things like that and again it's something which we mention a lot in the hub don't we and is that that is an opportunity of being you know be able to come a chartered once you know they've done everything they need to do
2: yeah definitely yeah we we are like i like matt said we are pushing down that uh route and there's um financial rewards and some of the schemes that we do. So um, it's very much aligning, aligning with industry and we'll say Civvy Street, um, just so that we are um, in, in line with them and everything safe, really. After after uh, the Haddon Cave report, we made sure that we were um, doing things safely and there was a big shift within the RAF about uh, safety and the culture and everything like that. So um, yeah, that incorporated in Chartered Engineer Um, and and aligning with those professional bodies is is something that we're we're keen to promote and get as many people as we can um, on board with.
0: Which is great. And Mark, I just want to round things up with you. So please, can we just maybe a lasting thought, um, and a final bit of advice on why the audience should consider a career with the RAF? If you could round it up
2: for me. Um, Yeah, I guess really... um, it's just like like you've already said. It's no ordinary job. Uh, there's so many opportunities. Um, each you don't have. It's not just a, a one career path. There's so many different career paths. Um, different routes all available. Some you'll, you'll um, enjoy more. Some you won't enjoy more. But it's up to you. You get that. You get that say so. Um, I joined up thinking I had nine, a nine-year contract and I was going to leave. I can remember I said to my mum at the time. It's the World Cup in 2018. I'll leave, save up a load of money and go to the World Cup. I did, I, I, I stayed in. Um, I always had doubts. I always thought, would I make it through phase one training? Would I make it through phase two training? Uh, would I be good enough? Uh, are, we're just here to help. Everyone yeah. through my career has wanted us to do well. Um, no one wants you to fail, um, especially what we're doing, getting aircraft in the sky, no one wants that to fail. Um, so we're all one big team and if you like me I, I was a bit doubtful so taking that first step was the hardest step um, and yeah. once I did I'm now in I'm now a flight lieutenant uh, commissioned officer in the, in the Royal Air Force and I'll be honest disguise the, the limit Well, I used to put limits on my own um, you know ceiling the RAF is just just smash up that ceiling really that. And, yeah. and it's the, sky's the limit
0: perfect what a brilliant way to end it there so yeah thank you so much um, for everyone's time and effort today um, I've really enjoyed it as always yeah. to you all and um, don't forget for the audience you can re-watch this webinar and on the REF company hub and in the Grad Quacker Career Centre remember we will be cutting it up into snippets as well so you can get a, a brief overview of what we've been discussing today but yeah, thank you to all the panel for the fascinating insights. And um, thank you for the audience for joining us. Uh, remember next week, we haven't finished yet for Christmas. Next week, we yeah, are joined by Sellafield. Um, again, same time, same place, Thursday, two till three. Um, so come along and uh, see what Sellerfield have to say. But thank you, uh, everyone. And um hope everyone found it useful. And I'll see you all soon.
1: Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.
5: Take care. Cheers, bye.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Bye.